You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield. <laughs> Excited for another episode of the Seeking Excellence podcast. And uh, today I have a very special guest with me, uh, someone who's a frequent guest of the podcast. But first, I want to tell you about our Locals channel. And so if you haven't joined our Locals community yet, I encourage you to go over there and do that. I've been blogging weekly and have been uh, posting kind of just deeper discussion points and discussion questions on the Locals channel for kind of a deep dive into these topics that we've been going into over the last few weeks. We've got an exciting and important one to talk about today. If you listen to Monday's episode, you kind of know what we're going to be talking about today. But uh, yeah, Locals is great. It's a great way you can support the podcast. You can choose not to support the podcast. You can be a free member. You can be a paid member. What's great about supporting the podcast is it helps us to have better equipment so we can have good sounding podcasts like we're going to have today. And what we're really aiming for is getting better video content so we can have more of a presence on YouTube, especially in an effort to reach more men and to help transform the church that way. But alas, without further ado, let me introduce you to today's podcast guest. So today's podcast guest, uh, born and raised in Littleton, Colorado, just south of Denver. She uh, went to Benedictine College and uh, studied a few different things, uh, <laughs> not least of which was theology. And she uh, then went on to serve one year in the Culture Project, Team Cleveland. From there, she moved and worked under uh, Sarah Swafford for a year for Emotional Virtues Ministries and other things. And uh, most importantly, her greatest life accomplishment, she's married to me and now works for the Archdiocese of Denver, living in Inglewood, Colorado with her husband, and pregnant with his child um, and their dog, Luna. <laughs> Emily, welcome to that the podcast. That was a great intro. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. I don't think you've ever given that much of a deep dive into my bio, I guess. You know, I felt like you deserved it. Oh, thank you. And well, I'm trying to do more of like a, you know, it's post-New Year now, uh-huh. and we're trying to do like a reintroduction, mm-hmm. you know? I like it. Might have some new listeners that haven't heard your life, don't know who you are. Happy to be here. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, lots has happened since the last time, you know, you joined me for an episode. And so I think we obviously, we did one post-marriage. We Yeah. But we haven't done one since we, we bought the house. house. Yeah. Because you were doing that in my dad's office. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, pregnancy. Now you're you're yeah. deep. 
you know, over six months into pregnancy. So how you're about six months. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm it's speaking crazy. in the future. Oh, but, I see. Right. Because yeah. yeah. But if you haven't picked up on that by this point, <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> you know, pregnancy brain is real though. Amen. But anyways, uh, <laughs> you're about six months pregnant. I am about six months pregnant. <laughs> How has that been for you? Um, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a wild ride. Uh, we've had a lot going on in this, uh, last six months. I think actually the last time we did record a podcast, I might've been pregnant, but we hadn't announced it yet. So we didn't really talk about it. I feel like I have this like mm. little memory that we had just found out we were pregnant. Yeah. Cause we were living. Cause we were still with my parents when we found out. Um, yeah, it's been wild. So we took a pregnancy test on like a Wednesday or something Wednesday yeah. after work. And then on that Friday morning, we found out we could move into our house just about 48 hours later. So pretty crazy that we just like had a big that. week. Yeah. It was a pretty crazy turnaround of 48 hours, um, to find out we we're pregnant and we we're moving into our house, but we probably, we took like a week to paint, fix things up that we didn't want to be doing when we had all of our stuff in the house. And then we moved in. We also tried to use that week before my fatigue set in from first trimester. Yeah. <laughs> so I could do, so I could help out and then it set in and Nathan had to carry a lot of the weight, but You've been awesome at that. And well, thank really you for that. Yeah. It's but we love the second trimester. Second trimester is pretty great. We've been feeling great. Lots of energy. Just a little sore every once in a while. Yeah. And yeah, I don't have any memory. What has been, <laughs> so to, to balance it out, because you know, I like to be both negative and positive. Okay. What has been the, the hardest part of home ownership for you? And then what are you most excited for in the journey of motherhood? The hardest part of home ownership? Yeah. There's been any downsides. I think there's just so much to do, you know? Yeah. Like we always, and that's what everybody told us when we got the house is that you're never going to run out of projects. Like there's always just going to be so many projects to do. For sure. And so I think trying to prioritize those things of like what is actually necessary, you know, what things do you want to change right away? Um, now thinking about the baby and different things like that, what we need to do to prepare for the baby and for our, or like prepare a space for the baby. Um, yeah. I mean, I just feel like there's like an endless list of things we want to do. Right. And not time to do it. Um, I'm excited for that nesting to kind of set in, which it kind of already has, but I just feel like I'm just going to go crazy on some of the spaces that we've left, you know, a little disordered mm -hmm. um, and disorganized so that we can have that. But yeah, I would say that's been the hardest part of homeownership for me is to not just like turn key, like move right in and be, you know, have everything like perfectly set up, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And especially moving in so soon around the time of me losing a lot of energy, mm -hmm. um, that was really tough for me. I remember there was a day like, well, maybe like two weeks into the second trimester that I just like went crazy on all the boxes downstairs that right. we hadn't touched that had been driving me crazy, but yeah, I just had I no capacity to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I would, say, I would say that would be the hardest part. Life is always a tough balance of accepting things for where they are, being grateful for what you have, you know, and then wanting to improve it. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's helpful to know which side of that you err on, mm. you know, which mm. side of that you kind of lean towards and tend to uh, fall in one extreme or the other. I don't know what the virtue is there. Um, uh, I don't know. If, I don't think gratitude is, is right, but um, contentment maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that from four, uh, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. You know, you often hear Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but in verses 11 and 12, St. Paul says, 
that he's learned to be content in all situations, mm. right? That he can face plenty and hunger. Um, and then he basically says the same thing in another way. I can't remember the words, but um, basically learn, saying that he's like, I can be rich or poor. You know, I can be cold or, or hot. Like I can be content in, in whatever I'm in. And that was really moving to me, especially as a young man and in my early times in the army, since I faced a lot of, you know, uh, hunger and plenty, if you will, uh, during that first year, especially. Um, but just trying to, trying to like aim for that, right. And, and be like, man, how can I be grateful and content to a certain degree? And even just like, if you think of your life as like a project, right. Or something you're building, um, which you are in so many different ways, like, uh, how can I be content with how much has been built? Right. And how much mm-hmm. God has already given me and done and how much I've done, but also have this hunger for more that, dr- that pushes me to drive, to, improve myself, improve our lives, you know, yeah, improve everything. So it's like a presence to the, to the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. The moment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we don't have, I mean, we didn't have, we didn't buy like a, a crazy fixer upper, Yeah, no. you know, but we did have a good amount of stuff that we wanted to do and, and things that we needed to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's so interesting. And I think we did a pretty good job of like being like, Oh, I'm content with this, but we can improve it, you know? Yeah. But definitely. that's great. And so, uh, um, the, uh, other one, what was the other question? Motherhood. What are you most excited oh, for most for motherhood? Most excited for. Mm. Most excited for for motherhood. I I just love like this is something Nathan knows. Uh, my my office recently had us go through the called and gifted workshops through the St. Catherine of Siena Institute here in um well they're in Colorado Springs. Basically they talk about different charisms that you love or that like the Holy Spirit is calling you to dive into. And to better serve, um, yeah, to better serve the church and to better serve other people. And um, the one that came back for me when I took the test most was hospitality um, and just kind of like serving others or bringing Christ to others through opening a home, through, um, I don't know, giving food, giving all these different things, you know. And um, I kind of think that motherhood is just as like, pinnacle of hospitality in a sense of you're like constantly providing food and nourishment and home and comfort for another. Um, and that's just what I'm really excited for is just to kind of have that. Um, I'm really interested to see like how long it kind of lasts, you know, of just like, um, I know it's so draining and I know it can be really tiring and everybody talks about that with babies. Um, but I just like, I'm so excited to just provide everything for him, you know? Yeah. And just, yeah. The, and the cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> and the cuddles. I love it. A very physical touch. As Nathan knows, I just love hugs. I love cuddles. And so. That's true. I can't wait to just have a baby that's always wanting to cuddle me. Yeah. Yeah. You specifically. Me specifically. Yeah. We were talking about this when we were on Christmas break. Uh, we saw a bunch of, you know, couples with babies and with younger kids. And it was so fun to see like their desire for their mom. And I just can't wait to be that person that a small child just like yeah. desires only. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I love it. Well, great. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch you get to be that. Hey, excited I got to have the, you along uh, for the ride. Yeah, I got the front row seat there. <laughs> you sure do. Which will be pretty fun. Awesome. So today, uh, if you remember Monday's episode, and if you've listened to any of my solo episodes for the last few weeks, you know, I've been kind of giving this overview of Seeking Excellence, the philosophy, going deep. The first episode of the year was really an overview of the lifestyle, the philosophy that we're trying to create, that we're trying to promote in the world. Um, And then 
it kind of following on from that, been doing mental excellence and we had emotional excellence. And what I got cut off from with my slides, with my notes was this kind of discussion on boundaries and crucial conversations. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about today. And so uh, I'm excited to have Emily with me. You have been reading boundaries for the, the last, what, three years? The book? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Give or take <laughs> for about three years. So she's it's not done yet either. Yeah. So. So, so I don't know if that makes you an expert or, or the opposite, but um, probably the opposite. she's been slow rolling. I've been learning a lot. Boundaries. But I got some good notes, some quotes that I took out of the book here. And I, I just kind of want to go over those first. And then we're going to talk about boundaries in kind of different areas of life. Right. So kind of looking at them in the different pillars, talk about some personal examples that we've had of succeeding and failing when it comes to creating boundaries and maintaining those. But uh, yeah, so boundaries, one thing that I really like from the book is, is that boundaries are meant to help us keep the good in and keep the bad out. And I think that oftentimes we only think about boundaries from keeping the bad out, right? Like mm. what are you, like what lines do you not want to have crossed? Right. Right. But rather if we can also look at them, especially I think it really uh, fits well with the seeking excellence mindset of we also want to keep in our mental health, our spiritual development, right? Like without boundaries, a lot of those good things that you've built up over the years, protecting your good relationships, right? Um, if I, as a husband and uh, father, like lack boundaries in my work life or in other relationships, right? Like it affects you. It affects mm -hmm. our kids. It'll affect everything. And mm -hmm. so like I have to, I constantly trying to tell people this, that you have to have boundaries on, especially your more negative or worse relationships mm -hmm. to protect your good ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, another one. Do you want to read point number two? Point number two. Boundaries help us to define what we are responsible for and what is not our property and what we are not responsible for. Yes. Mm. Another really good one. Mm -hmm. So understanding that, that's a big one, I think, when it comes to professional, but also mm -hmm. uh, in your personal relationships, right? Like you're not necessarily responsible for every feeling and emotion that your parent or friend or significant other has. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to take responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. I've experienced that in my own life many times. Um, and it's helpful to know, yeah. right? What am I responsible for? What am I not? Right. Absolutely. And then uh, number three there is that boundaries require support networks and consequences. Support networks. Yep. So the, my other personal notes that I had here uh, kind of running off the consequences was my thoughts on boundaries are kind of like if I had to, like if somebody asked me for a definition of them, I think it comes down to basically managing expectations and then uh, like communicating consequences if those expectations are, are not met and enforcing those consequences mm -hmm. are kind of, I think like the three parts to it. So managing, managing expectations and consequences, um, not necessarily, I think, and you're basically managing both. So right. expectations and consequences are kind of the main thing about it. It's funny. That's kind of like the parenting advice that we got last night. Yeah. You know, of just like having really clear, clear directions for kids and then also having like high rewards and different things and showing like the rewards versus consequences. If Exactly. You know, you know, that's interesting. And this is another thing that I think it's really important to know which side you err on, mm -hmm. right? Like I think most people are really bad at both of those things. Mm -hmm. But uh, another thing that you brought up while we were prepping was kind of this spectrum, right? Of you have like relationship on one side and then you have kind of like a rigidity 
or, or like rules, if you will, on the other side, right? Where it's kind of like authoritarian. And this is kind of similar. I was just recently listening to uh, Jordan Peterson podcast on parenting. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how you basically have a spectrum of, of liberal to authoritarian. And I think that kind of applies here as well. Right. Where you have like freedom, where the kid or think of it applied to any relationship, right? Where there's just utter freedom. You can do whatever you want, right? Like any boundaries, any lines that get crossed, like nothing ever happens. There's no consequences. The other side is like very, very strict, Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's almost like you're walking on eggshells. Right. Like it's um, and the worst, the worst authoritarians in a relationship don't even let you know what lines can't be crossed. Right. Like mm. you don't even know where the minds in the field are. Right. Right. It's just a surprise. And then it's outrage and anger and things like that. Yeah. And it makes me think that like, well, we're very we keep listening to podcasts or reading books on parenting just because that's what's heavy on the mind right now. Um, it's relevant with being, with being so pregnant, but, um, yeah, it makes me think of just like, if you, if we, if those are principles aren't established well at a young age, how hard it is to kind of readjust them throughout life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why this book boundaries is needed too, because too many people didn't have those good principles of the balance between the two, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And another thing that you said kind of as we were preparing was, um, that we, oh, yeah. we err on different sides. You want to talk sides. about that a little bit? We've had, we've had some <laughs> mild friction, I would say in, uh, in discerning this for ourselves, especially yeah. in Kansas. I don't think we have it as much now. We have it in small moments now, but I think in Kansas we had it in some pretty big ones. You want to talk about that? So, yeah. And we were kind of limited in our abilities in Kansas too, just like in the way we were like where we were living, yeah. your injury and different things like that, whatever. But, um, yeah, so I was kind of reflecting on, in, in those ways, the growth maybe that I have found in myself in boundaries is I err more on the side of like relationship. And so for me, it's like if somebody, if a family member is in town or if, um, you know, I haven't seen somebody in a while or if something, I don't know, whatever is going on, I kind of err on, oh, I just want to spend all my time with that person or I just want to be like constantly focused on that and what's going on there. Um, and then maybe that's at the cost of me having good prayer in the morning or me working out or getting my work done or different things like that, that I also need to be, need to be done. Um, whereas Nathan sometimes can err more on the side of like, I, I want to do all these different things, you know, like some of the friction that I guess, for example, that has come up in our relationship has been regarding like family dinners, like extended family dinners that come up at like last notice, you know? And Mm. when we normally have like another plan for that week, um, and usually that other plan, it doesn't necessarily mean we have like established plans, but it's like often Nathan has like an expectation of what days he's going to work out, what days we can do different things with podcasts, podcasts, we can do all these different things. And to me, I'm like, Oh, just relationship heavy. I'll just cancel everything and not get any of those things done. And so, um, what I, the balance I've come to find and what you've really helped me with is it's still good to make sure that you have time for, um, those things that are good for you, right? Like working out, um, prayer, recording podcasts, getting things done that you are on your to-do list that are heavy on your to-do list while also finding time for those relationships and those people. Um, I feel like we did this best, like most recently we knew my brother, we found out my brother was coming home a little earlier than expected. And just given many examples of this coming up in our relationship, um, I, I remember I tried to like make it be a later dinner time so that we could go to the gym 
you remember that? Yeah. Like a few weeks ago. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, okay, this is, I felt like that was like my first time of really like, okay, I know Nathan would want to go to the gym because we had already talked about going to the gym yeah. on Friday, you know, after work. So let's ask mom and dad if we can have a little bit of a later dinner time. And we still went to the gym. Whereas in the past, I would have just been like, what the heck? Cancel the gym. See, yeah. <laughs> we have to go see him, you know? And then, and then you often talk about this too, of like you, we felt so much more able to be present and um, be in that relationship because we're feeling good about ourselves and our decisions that we've made of going to the gym, getting some work workout in, you know, feeling healthier, feeling more energized. And then you go over and still get to be with family. Right. Yeah. So that balance there is something that we've been working on, but those are the sides we err on. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I think something that's so deep in there that for me, and this, this was big. I, I kind of went off on this a lot on my solo episode on like emotional excellence is just like, it's so often seen and mental health. I think that it's so often seen as selfish to do things like that, right? To be like, no, I'm going to, right. um, yeah, go to the gym or go do some prayer time when you're home, right? I'm going to go to adoration or go to daily mass, whatever it might be. But what I've come to find out myself is it, it's kind of like a yes and no, mm-hmm. right? Because what I see, and even just like being home when we were home for Christmas was like, if I don't have some alone time, like, I start to go crazy, right? you know, and like, I'm more impatient. I'm less joyful. I'm less, everything that's good about me is turned down. Everything that's bad is turned up. Right. And so I'm just like, this isn't good for me or for anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Like everybody else is getting a worse version of me, albeit maybe more, but Mm -hmm. I started to discern, like, is it better for you to get two hours with a post gym me? That's like feeling good about myself, feeling good about what I got done today. That's feeling like less like you've done me wrong from like stealing that time from me, um, stealing that time from my fitness, from my health. And it's not just stealing that time from me. We talked about this once with a similar circumstance, but like I work out not just for me. I work out so that I can be healthy to do things that you need me to do around the house so I can feel healthy and ready if, you know, to protect you, right? Mm-hmm. To protect our kids. I feel like I work out so that I can be ready when we have a son that I can run around with him in the yard and, and with our grandkids in the future, right? Like it's not just for me. I work out so I can stay healthy and so that we can live a long, happy life together, right? right. We can't be married for 50 years if I die in 30. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, who am I really taking that time away from? Is it really just between me and spending time with, with family right now? Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the biggest fallacies I talk about, you know, that's one of the biggest things in in this great book that I've read and I've referenced a few times here is economics in one lesson. They talk about the the two biggest fallacies that that people have when it comes to economics that I've been really intrigued with applying to other areas of life is that they say the one is you only look at the immediate consequences and the second is you only look at the consequences and the repercussions on a very focused group of people. Mm. And that's what I feel like this kind of comes down to is it's like, okay, are we only looking at the near term? How do I feel right now? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I want to go hang out with my friends instead of going to the gym or, or reading or praying or going to mass, whatever it might be. And are we only thinking of us and them versus what about how I'm going to interact with my coworkers tomorrow now and my spouse and all these other things, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of seeing that wider group. Yeah. And it makes me think too of like relationships even, because I know we wanted to mention this too, of, of romantic relationships and whatnot, but uh, you can tell when a couple is maybe in an unhealthy relationship because other aspects of their life just totally falter and fall away. And I know we both personally yeah. have seen that of um, times in our life when we were maybe dating other people who 
And I, and I, I would see this myself of like, was like so almost infatuated with that everything else kind of didn't matter anymore. Right. Like didn't pay attention to school, didn't work out, didn't do all these other things. And that's just an overall sign of like the healthiness, you know, of that yeah. relationship because, um, yeah, we are, I mean, this is seeking excellence, right? It's like the well-rounded, um, human being that we want to be. Right. And if one thing is taken away from that, maybe it's the social or emotional side of it, of yeah. that relationship. Um, if that feeds, if that just like takes up so much time and you don't have boundaries on that, um, to be able to feed other things, um, that's really unhealthy. Right. For sure. Um, so, and you and I both talked about that of our relationship was kind of one of the first where we felt like on all these other fronts, we were succeeding as well as like just happy in our relationship. Right. Know? wasn't taking away from those other things. You're always stealing from something. When yeah. you're over giving time to one area, you're stealing from something. Yeah. And that's where I think like having the word kind of talking more of like limits, right? Like limitations, which yeah. are, I think are a form of boundaries. The other thing that I think is really important too is, and this kind of comes back to those two like economic fallacies of like looking only at the short term is there's always something, mm. right? Like I think about this in budgeting. I think about it in time is every week, somebody's coming to visit, somebody's going, some, you know what I mean? Like there's always something else to do, right? There's always a reason why we could not go to the gym. There's always a reason why I could not read and pray in the morning. There's always a reason why I could not have time to podcast, right? Or whatever it might be, right? Um, and, and you realize this as you talk to more and more people. I've had numerous conversations recently with very lukewarm Catholics who make excuses and tell me why they can't go to mass on Sundays. And it's like, there's all, like, we all could have that, right. right? Like you could, anybody could justify, we're very good defense attorneys for ourselves, right? So like anybody could justify never doing any of these things. Right. And then I think it comes back to, again, understanding which side you err on. Like, um, we have to understand for us, and this is why we do our board meetings, right? Where we touch base and we're like, physically, how were you this week? If we've had four weeks in a row or three weeks in a row of being a three out of 10 a four out of 10 physically, mm -hmm. we have no business being like, Oh, I'll skip the gym for And, and we're high on the emotional side, right? Yeah. Like we have no business skipping the gym yeah. to, to go, you know what I mean? To, to do things like that, spend time with friends or whatever it is. Have you explained board meetings? Have you explained board meetings? Here? I think we have, but it's okay. been a while. So feel free. Yeah. Just a little refresher. Nathan and I try to weekly, usually on Sundays or Saturdays, um, have a, what we call a board meeting. Yeah, really official, really fun board meeting for the Crankfield family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and we have a we have a uh, template that we kind of fill out where we have our intentions for the week. We have different parts of kind of seeking excellence, you know, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. Um, we kind of recap the week prior and rate ourselves on how we were doing that week and kind of discuss it together. And then we set goals in each of those categories for, um, for the next week, um, and kind of keep each other accountable through that. And so definitely when we don't do it, we feel like, like you said, like it's so it's good. Noticeable. Yeah. It's noticeable. Right. Cause, um, it's that accountability and it's that talking together. And it's also a space for bringing up issues. If anything is bothering each other, like anything's bothering us within the relationship, within how we're spending our time, um, to bring up those things before it becomes like a larger fight or issue. Um, so yeah, that's my big, that whenever anybody asks for tips on marriage or 
what's some advice that we have? That's always my biggest thing is to have those the meetings. board meetings. Yeah, board meetings. And they're and only going to get more important, I think. And if you don't have boundaries on those, I mean, like yeah. on making time for that, yeah. right? It's easy to not. Nathan's really good at, at really making time for it. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, with that, I think the board meetings are really good. And the board meetings are a great place for us to set expectations for the week, right? That's mm-hmm. basically what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I want to jump back to that kind of point of managing expectations and, and really think, you know, if you have any thoughts of, of your life, how you've, you know, grown in that or times maybe where you succeeded or failed, because I think it's something that people are so bad at. I, I learned about <laughs> it, you know, through boundaries, through crucial conversations, through seven habits of highly effective people, through every relationship book ever. Right. And, and women, no offense, are typically... uh extraordinarily bad at this because they have this like desire to be known and loved to the point that like you expect mind reading or is right? that relational just like um you know, that tendency tendency that comes with the it, bend like towards the people yeah mm-hmm. yeah but specifically i mean like you this is like the the meme of, of marriages right we <laughs> um we're just talking with my cousins who who do this i have one cousin she's expe- like especially bad at this <laughs> of just like expecting you know a specific christmas gift but giving like maybe like what she considers hints but then expressing like extreme disappointment when it does not come on christmas day okay. right and i think that that's like the joke is that like men are supposed to like, re- you never understand your woman, right? You're supposed to read her mind. And like, I love that there's like increasing literature and uh, <laughs> vocal vocalization of how bad that is for relationships right? and for marriages. But I think people in general are not good at it. I've had plenty of, of male friendships too, where it's like, you, you don't set any expectations. Things start to wither or, you know, your expectations are, are broken or they're not met. And, and then there's like quiet consequences. Right. right. They start to like pull back. They start to not answer your text messages anymore. They start to not want to hang out with you. Um, and you're kind of like, what happened? And then you finally sit down and, and think and talk about what happened. And it's like this laundry list of things you've done wrong that you didn't even really like. Maybe a couple you noticed or paid attention to, but you might have missed a lot of it. Right. Right. And I think it's easy for people. I think it's easy for us to assume malice instead of ignorance for people. Um, and I think we start to do that. Uh, without really noticing that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you can like plead ignorance or like this innocence for people way past when we were like, no, it should be like assumed malice at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. And so finding that balance is really difficult too. But have you had any experience? I know I have of, of what, what setting expectations really looks like in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of to go off what you were saying first is um, in the book, he talks about a lot of different situational things of like, people who had different um, boundaries or didn't have boundaries in different areas of life. And I remember reading through what I've read so far of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of those situations I feel like have come up in my life in one way or another, you know? Yeah. Um, some with parents, some with friends, some with work um, and different things like that. Um, yeah. When we were preparing a few ideas kind of came to mind. Um, and what's really funny is my mom once said she was talking about like me with work or with school or different things like that. And how I was just like, always like all in almost like I'm a very like hot or cold person, like all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, almost to like the, the, like, I think we're both like that. We're both like that in a lot of ways for sure. Yeah. But, um, just feeling like, like I almost like was, have been struggling with, overexerting myself in 
things like work, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. what we've noticed in marriage or even it's kind of started an engagement of, um, sometimes always like taking work as like the primary decider of how I was spending my time or how we as a family were spending our time. Right. Um, which I do work in a, in a capacity that that can be kind of tough, you know, being in youth ministry and, and the hours are needed to be different. Um, but kind of just noticing this tendency to just like go all in at the expense of my big V vocation. Mm-hmm. And that's been something I've been trying to set more boundaries on, um, especially with the baby coming and, you know, we have a lot of discernment that's to come in regarding, uh, what, what work's going to look like for me and different things like that. Um, since the ultimate goal is for me to be home with the baby right, or kids, you know, you know, depending on when that's a, a possibility for us. But, um, yeah, I think that that's something that I've definitely had to work on is, um, kind of standing up for myself. I'm also not the type to like stand up for myself in those situations. Yeah. Which I think 95% of women can agree, like yeah. can relate to. And very often because of that, you get taken advantage of in different ways. Right. Um, that's what Jordan Peterson often talks about when he says that women are typically more agreeable than men. Yeah, exactly. He says that's one of the biggest reasons for the gender pay gap. Mm, interesting. You know, it's just like in negotiations, like men are more willing yeah. to piss off, you know, and be uncomfortable. <laughs> I remember you talking about that when I was like getting these jobs and or I was looking at a few different jobs. Because you've never once negotiated the salary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. Great. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> whatever you think I deserve. Yeah. And, um, that's really tough for me. That's really, really tough for me to, yeah, to figure out how best to stand up for myself. And you've helped me a lot with that, Mm -hmm. um, or giving me kind of resources or talking points or different things to bring up within those things, you know, and right now we're talking about maternity leave or preparing for those, that aspect of this next part of our life. Um, it is like, I feel like more and more of this, yeah, mother bear experience of, wanting to protect that time and protect, um, my, or make sure like I'm able to be with the child as much as possible and and be with you as much as possible and different things like that. And prioritizing that rather than work while still realizing like work is necessary and it's a good thing. And, um, you know, there's the theology of work. There's all these different things that John Paul II talks about. So finding the balance there, but realizing that maybe I have that tendency to just kind of like accept whatever comes yeah. or not speak up for those things or whatnot. Yeah. And it's, it's something too. I think this was in the spillover podcast, if I'm not mistaken on uh, raising boys specifically. And it was talking about how there's a difference in parents when it comes to boundaries, essentially. Right. And like yeah. rules that are set of like, you have to finish your vegetables before you get up from the table. Like moms are more willing to negotiate mm. typically than dads are. Right. Yeah. And so uh, just the structure and order of a child's life, um, even talking with the Swaffers last night about parenting, they were kind of talking about this, like they'll know just like dogs, right? We were talking about like kids are, are like dogs in this, that they know that you're buff, you're bluffing. Uh, right. Yeah. And this is often, I think this is part of the reason you get frustrated sometimes with Luna when she doesn't listen to you as much <laughs> as she does me. Um, but she knows there's consequences to not listening to me. Right. <laughs> and there's something to that. Um, and, and kids can often be like that too, where it's like, um, and I'm not saying that you have to like beat them senseless every time they do something you don't <laughs> like, right. By any means, I'm not saying that, but there is something too. like, if you make that rule and you consistently break it, they know next time you say, you know, you're not getting up until you finish your vegetables. They're like, you don't mean that. Right. Right. You're just saying yeah. that to make yourself feel good. Right. And in five minutes, you're going to give up if I can just outlast you. Right. Yeah. And so those kind of things. Um, and I think that that kind of comes and in plays into the workplace sometimes as well, where it's like, uh, 
where you have to set those limitations and things, but that's where a good workplace has those board meetings almost right yeah. with uh, a manager and employee. Weekly of, check-ins. Yeah. The weekly check-ins or they can be monthly even, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily every week. Um, but to have none is not the, not the solution. And then to not have like goal setting and expectation management, at least on a quarterly basis or monthly basis, you know, where you're kind of talking about that. But I, I think this is often something too, um, that, you know, we've had discussions on and I I've seen you grow in, oh, uh, an area of growth is, <laughs> is saying like, uh, you know, women, I think there's obviously a lot of times where, um, in our lives where you just want to vent, right. Mm. And you don't want to like hear a solution. But at times I remember asking you of being like, well, have you, have you told your boss or your friend or your parent, you know, whatever it is, like whatever relationship that you feel that way. And you're like, no, and I'm like, well, we can only be so mad at somebody for breaking a rule that we've only set in our heads. Mm, amen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what is really important. That's what it comes back to manage your expectations. Like our, I always tell people this, I get into a lot of Instagram conversations and like side conversations when it comes to relationship stuff about this. And I, I think one of the hardest places I challenge people is you can't be upset for somebody with somebody for breaking a rule you haven't told them is a rule, yeah. right? This happens with kids. Think about the parents that lash out and they're just, the kids are like, I don't even know what I did wrong, and right? I need to know why. Exactly. The yeah. clear instructions and rewards or consequences, right? Yeah. And that's what I think we have to do with people is we have to say, you know, and sometimes it, it's kind of like uh, church teaching doesn't evolve, right? But the implicit becomes explicit over time. Mm. Sometimes you don't know, right? That there's a, a boundary that you get really uncomfortable or offended or bothered by something somebody does. And it's like, we don't know every way that we're going to piss each other off in the years of marriage we're going to have. Right. And so you have to have space for it to evolve, but you can't be upset the first time somebody does something that you haven't expressed. Right. Right. You're really good at pointing out when that happens too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You're really good at like, um, I, okay, here's the example that just came in my mind. Yeah. You know, our measuring cups, like our measuring cups, yeah. like if we don't, oh. if we don't put them, <laughs> that's a funny so they're example. In like a small, I don't know. It's a small example, but it's a good example. It is good. They're in like this small drawer kind of. And so if, if, um, if I don't put them like you gotta put them upside down, down, yeah, you have to put them upside down in the stack for the, them not to get stuck in the drawer. And there was like a few weeks where Nathan would, or there was twice, maybe twice, once you weren't around when I was trying to open the door, right? D- the, drawer, the drawer, and um, they got stuck, and I was like, "Oh, Nathan, like he has to put him upside down." Second time, I was like, I kind of got a little snappy about it, yeah. And you were very much like, well, "We've never talked about this before." Yeah, you know I didn't I mean? know that I had to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it was really funny because then it happened a third time, and I remember catching <laughs> myself. But then I was like, "But I have shared this expectation already." Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I was like, "Fair." <laughs> Yeah, and he took it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that out. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. That's a, like a minuscule example of that. But um, yeah, I remember I remember being like more gentle about it the third time, you know, because I was like, oh, right. He told me like we have to like remind ourselves of this. But right. Yeah. It was it, just funny. The thing that I think is really important with that, which I kind of want to talk about next anyways, <laughs> is the, the, the flip side, right? So we talked about like you can't be mad at somebody for – breaking a rule that you never expressed as a rule, but also I refuse. And what you experience there uh, is me practicing what I preach is that I refuse to be responsible for you or anybody else's negative emotions for a rule that I broke that I didn't know existed. Right. Right. And that's something that takes a lot of growth and can take a long time for some people to learn 
is it could be a boss. I've had this with my, my boss is one of my best friends, right? And we've had that time in, in moments in work where he's frustrated with something. It's kind of a joke because it ha- it's happened a few times like on our team, but uh, he gets frustrated with the way that something turned out. And it's like, bro, you never said that. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that you wanted it to be done that way. Right. And so I'm not going to take you being frustrated with like, you're mad at yourself. And I think that that's something we have to see because a lot of us have parent wounds with that. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. I really deal with that as a kid. Um, at certain times where it's like, you don't know when you're going to trigger something or say something or do something that's going to be catastrophic, right? right? If you grew up in a house like that, and then you start to accept responsibility for somebody else's emotions. And that's something that I really am eager to develop in our kids of like, Hey, like, and, and telling them stories from our own lives of that happening. Yeah. But that's something that I started to realize, and this kind of goes into like our boundaries of like visits going home, which is very similar to what we talked about earlier with relationships versus the gym and things like that Mm -hmm. is I'm going to disappoint people. Mm -hmm. I just know that, right? Like there are more people and this isn't like a a prideful, like, Oh, I'm so popular thing, but there's, especially when you go home, right? Like, or certain circumstances, like people want more of me than I am able to or willing to give. Mm. Right. Your job will always want you to work more. If you have a spouse like mine, she always wants to spend more time with you. (laughs) She always wants to talk to you more uh, and hug you more. Um, If you have, uh, you know, friendships, like friends will want to hang out with you more, especially if you have friends who are different stages of life than you are in. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, especially think about that, like once you're married. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, you'll have family at home that wants you to call them more. You have all these different demands, right? Mm-hmm. People on social media that want to talk to you more, right? Like people are texting you, like there's just all this demand for your time. And it's like, you're going to have to let somebody down. Mm-hmm. And the goal is it to not in your key relationships, let the same people down in big ways over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize that and protect it, that some people don't have a fillable tank. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I feel like I'm being hard on women, but I think it's been especially true in my life and the women in my life, right? <laughs> I think of my mother and my grandmother that like, there is no, the tank cannot be filled, mm. right? Um, versus like some of my friendships, like I was kind of laughing at one of my guy friends who I see like twice a year came over during Christmas, stayed for a couple hours and left. And it's like, he was he was just done. And yeah. like, I wasn't really offended by it. I was kind of shocked, but I was kind of like, cool. Like I kind of felt good too. You know yeah. what I mean? It was kind of like, yeah, we've kind of had our time, yeah. our time and now we can kind of go about our lives. But yeah, that part I think is really important. As you're talking about that, it just kind of brings to mind and you might be able to articulate this my thoughts better on this, but I'm trying to like bring them together. <laughs> I think you're going to do great. <laughs> this pregnancy brain is a real, real thing here. You're doing great. Um, But this like boundaries or having those boundaries or having those, setting those expectations really helps with our like struggle against perfectionism too, or whether it's expecting perf- like perfectionism out of ourselves or out of others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, like really just being like, okay, I don't know. As you were talking, I was like, oh, I'm always like trying to think of like, how can I perfectly um, satisfy this person? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or if this person is like expecting perfection. People pleasing. Yeah. That people pleasing and different things like that. Um, and learning to have those boundaries like allows you to be more um, accepting of your limits, right? Mm-hmm. Your limits. And then like trying to, to explain that to others too, um, which I think is really, really healthy because we can put so much pressure on ourselves. And especially nowadays when you think of this stuff and um, even like sometimes when, when people, when we talk about the seeking excellence philosophy and people, it almost like seems overwhelming for some people. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, 
to all of us. It's overwhelming to me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, that's the thing is it's like, it's not meant to be yeah. something that you perfectly right. do. You always say this, like you can't perfectly fill every single pillar. You're not going to get an A plus in all of them. everything. Yeah. The goal is the GPA. Yeah. And so as we, as much as we can, it's good to set those expectations for ourselves. Maybe it is like a board meeting or those check-ins or whatnot of like, yeah. where are we maybe failing or where, where are we excessively failing? Maybe in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, failing, <laughs> so where can we, yeah. Like, not failing, but like, where can we like, what, what needs to, what needs the most attention of my time right now? Exactly. You know, rather than kind of prioritize like this like, week. Yeah. Rather than feeling like you have to be perfect and everything. Cause it's yeah. very, very not common for us to give ourselves like a nine out of 10 on each of the pillars that we look at. Yeah. Every almost never. Yeah. I, that hardly ever, you know? Yep. Um, and yeah, a big part of it is accepting like you could be a people pleaser and get really like down on yourself for that, you know? Yep. Or you could get really down on yourself for, yeah, struggling in different ways rather yeah. than just seeing it as opportunity for growth and for communicating more needs maybe that you have yep. or more support you need. Um, that's something we also try to do with that is like, like you, whoever it is, like I really would need you to do this this week or I really need a reminder to do this this week, right? you know, or the time to prioritize this, um, which is really good, but yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect and all those things for sure. And communicating that to other people hopefully will help them realize, you know, maybe they have too high of expectations of what that looks like right? for you, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's a hidden pride in that too, yeah. right? There's a hidden pride in yeah. thinking like, Oh, I can please everyone or I can, do all of these things, right? Like there, it's seen it, that to me is one of my least favorite forms of like a false humility. Cause people, I feel like when they hear me talk about this, they're just like, how are you so bold? Like, how can you just like not care what people think or disappoint people? It's like, because like I'm, I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible. I know what I'm responsible for. Again, going back to like the early definition of the boundaries, you know, understanding what you are responsible for and what you're not. And I think if you take time, to reflect on your life, if you're taking time in prayer to really evaluate what am I responsible for? What are my duties and my obligations? And most people are not, this is what, this is like, I think some of the devil's greatest work is that he's got people thinking that if they avoid their actual duties and obligations, which to me are the seven pillars of excellence, and they pursue other people's duties and obligations and try to fill holes, God-sized holes, fitness sized holes, you know, reading size holes, right? Like all these things, that, you know, good nutrition size holes in other people's mental health and their negative relationships. If they can focus on their responsibilities, they're, they're not filling either because you can't fill somebody else's responsibilities in those personal areas, right? They're not, they're failing at both while thinking that they're at least like striving to fill something. But instead of like pouring the cup in of like, if you think of like a, a jug of water, right. Or a pitcher of water and you're supposed to fill your seven cups, right. And, and try to focus on which one kind of is, is evaporating the fastest, right. Or which one kind of seems lower. Mm -hmm. um, they're pouring into a cup with somebody who has a hole in the bottom of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and their cups are dry, their cups are dry. And it's like, you're both failing and miserable. And this is what I saw in a lot of relationships and a lot of just people that I grew up around. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. And I don't feel like God's calling me to be like that. Right. Like if, if mother Teresa had uh, some of our family members, right. They would have been pissed that she was gone so much. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that was what she was called to do. Right. She was in it and doing her thing. And she was not meant to be fitness obsessed. She was not meant to be money obsessed. Like she found the thing, this, the thing and the things that she was supposed to emphasize and focus on. And she did that. Yeah. Right. And she filled her vocation and what it was. 
And that's what I think that a lot of us are just so out of whack that people actually think it's selfish to do what God has called you to do and to be truly humble, seeing yourself as you're in God's eyes, nothing more, nothing less, and realizing, I don't think that, I had to flip the switch of like, I was more prideful when I thought I could be everything to my mom or be everything to my grandparents or be every, and it's like, I'm not meant to be these people in, in relationships that you have in your lives where people don't, especially people who don't have a relationship with God or the right relationship with God, their demands and their the things that they might be seeking from you, you can never fill it anyways. Right. This is a lot of reason why you don't want to marry somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God because they have this need and this hunger for something that they're seeking it out in other places. And God forbid it be me, mm-hmm. right? Because one, I'm going to disappoint you like crazy. And two, I don't even have a desire to try to fill that. I don't like to do things that I know I'm going to fail at. Mm-hmm. That's no fun to me. Like I have no drive or motivation to do that. Yeah. And I can't be all these different things. And I've had to have conversations. And I think this is a, a good time to shout out my fellow adult children of divorce. This happens all the time for us. You know, you have divorced parents and it's like, I, I often have reflected on this and it took me a while to kind of, kind of pin it down. And me and my mom have grown a lot since I have been able to pin it down for me to realize like, God said, be fruitful and multiply. God said that marriage is forever, right? When that doesn't happen, when you're an only child of an adult, like of a divorced parent, you become, I always say like you become three kids and a spouse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and we've grown a lot. And I'm going to give my mom the credit for that in, in that it does not feel that way anymore. But we had a time period where it was like, I felt like I was three kids and a spouse and I had to do everything, right? Like you are filling so many holes in so many areas and it's like, God's got to do that because I can't, right? Right? Like you, ha- like you have to turn more to the Lord for that, and that's when she started going to adoration and daily mass for often and stuff, and it really helped. Um, because it's like this is a, like this is a miracle to fill this. This isn't something yeah, that I that's can not do. What you're called to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so to take that responsibility and pressure off myself, I mean, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't do that. If I didn't have the ability to kind of detach from that, absolutely. And our relationship wouldn't be Mm-mm. what it is either. I think that's a big thing too. Um, that I never worried about that because I saw the work that you had put into developing those boundaries. Right. Very, very early on, we talked about this, I think, in regards to your um, relationship there and that and those expect or like those pressures that you might have put on yourself mm-hmm. because of of that, you know, example of, of what's going on in your life and stuff. Um, yeah, and I never worried about your ability to prioritize our relationship and our family. You know, because I knew you had done work to do that. Absolutely. Ahead of time. Yeah. So important. So next, uh, let's let's talk now a little bit about consequences. We've kind of touched on it here and there, but one thing specifically I want to say about this is when you set boundaries with somebody, I think the expectation is often that, well, I've done it. I've worked up the courage to have the conversation, to set the expectations and to explain the boundaries, and now they're going to respect it. I think the opposite should be the case. I think when you set a boundary with somebody, your expectation should be, this is going to be broken. Mm. This is going to be crossed. They're going to do the thing that I've asked them not to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the healthiest way to go about it because that's that's then your expectation management. So expectation management goes both ways. Yeah. Right. I have to have it for you and vice versa, right? This yeah. isn't just a husband to wife thing, but um, I have to say, okay, Emily's expectation management. We've had this multiple times, right? In our, in our marriage of me saying, okay, we like to be together, especially in the times that we can be together because we can't be together all the time. And we frankly would like to be together 24 <laughs> seven. 
but we only have, you know, a few hours in the morning. And I'm like, I have to read and pray and do this stuff. So like, yeah. we have to have some together alone time. Yeah. Right. Where we can be together, but not talk to each other. Yeah. Right. Or at least not a lot, <laughs> which is challenging for some people in our relationship who shall relate, remain nameless. <laughs> And, um, so, so there's that. And it's like, so I have to set that, but I also have to know that like, you're not just tomorrow going to be silent for two hours from six to eight. Because of like, because it's just like your tendency, yeah, right? You want to say things, you want to tell me things yeah. you'd like to share your thoughts. And it's also a part on my responsibility to like interpret that for the good, right? Like right. you're not, you're not like, Oh, I don't want Nathan Trying to, to pray or read. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you're just like, I have thoughts and I want to share every single thought that ever crosses my mind <laughs> with my husband. Uh, which is adorable and probably good, even though it's hard for me <laughs> to see it that way sometimes. And I, <laughs> you do like it though. I do like it most of the time. <laughs> and uh, so that's the kind of other side, right? Is right. for me to manage. So I set that expectation for you. This is what I'd like to happen, you know, and, and kind of have the consequences of like, if you prefer, if that's too hard for you, if you'd like, I'm happy to go read downstairs in the morning and you can have the upstairs, you know what I mean? And we can but just kinda, be apart. And you're like, hell no, right? Like, absolutely not. <laughs> so that's kind of the the balance there. But I also have to have the expectation of myself of like, it's not going to be perfect, especially not tomorrow. Right. Or also like communicating like, like there's been times where if we don't get something done in the morning or something like that, you're like, oh, I'm going to have to take some time out of our evening, you know, or if um, exactly we have to go, I don't know, to a doctor's appointment this afternoon or something like that when I would have like normally in your gym time or something like that. And you know, that takes away from other parts of things, yeah. you know? And so just like kind of having an understanding of that. And that's a really important spouse note is if you are the one kind of on that spectrum from rules to relationship, authoritarian, liberal, if you're the one that's a little bit more on the authoritarian rules side, that was probably the best way that I helped you to see the goodness of some structure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Uh, the goodness of some order. I remember specifically one time when we were in Kansas, you had a friend that was coming in town and there was just a lot going on over the weekend. And we on Friday had set like by the end of this weekend, I don't remember if it was the guest list, the, the making decision on the place. There was some big like wedding planning thing that I was like, that I was kind of really working on like on my side. Yeah. And I was like, we will like, we will do this by the end of the weekend. And I, I left it up. And this is a good thing I think for any, any relationship. Right. And you'll see this even with your parents sometimes for people out there is you have to teach your parents how to do this, right? Your parents a lot of times do not have good emotional intelligence. They don't understand boundaries, crucial conversations, none of this stuff. And so you have to teach them this. And so this is a great way to kind of teach people is you have to be willing to like enforce the consequences, right? Yeah. So it's like you can give, and I think this is also going to, this is a lot of like Montessori parenting things as well. It's like you give options, mm -hmm. but there has to be consequences attached to it or else you get narcissists, right? And right. you get little a-holes, um, that grow up to be terrible people. But basically what happened, I was like, you know, throughout the weekend, it's like, do you want to go hang out with your friends? Do you want to do this? Like, yes, 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 yes. And then it was like nine o'clock on Sunday. And you're like, why did we wait this late to do it? And I was like, it's a consequence. Well, you chose yeah. <laughs> because you chose throughout the weekend <laughs> to spend as much time as humanly possible. It's hard to look at every this. person who was here. I feel like that's something I've struggled with. Is like, like you, you or you have brought this to mind a lot too, of like, um, those little choices, you know, have consequences and they seem like minuscule or they seem yeah, like very irrelevant, like relational, like, like we talk about just a whatnot, couple hours, just a couple to have hours, lunch with whatever. Someone. Yeah. Yep. But they have consequences and that's something to, yeah, to think about when you set those boundaries. And it's like, you can be okay with that, right? Like you could be okay with 
with being like, yeah, we're going to wait to do it Sunday night at nine o'clock. We're going to yeah. be tired. We're going to stay up late. We're going to be kind of off for the rest of the week because we'll have started right. Monday morning tired. And if that's a trade-off that you're okay with, you can be good. Like you can be like, yeah, what bet? Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Let's have a great weekend. But you have to recognize it's a choice you've made and not blame it on yeah. something else. And that's something that right. soldiers are really good at because mm-hmm. soldiers are, are wild and they would, <laughs> you know, stay up until 4 a.m. Yeah. some nights, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. all night. And, uh, and, and even you saw this, I saw this in ROTC and you wake up and you go to PT the next day and you're miserable for an hour while you're working out or hour and a half, whatever it is. And you just like accept it. You're, you're the just one like, to blame. that's what happens, yeah. right? Like, this is what I chose to do. You knew yeah. that going out, you know, that when you woke up, but I see that that's something that the general population really struggles with is there's like this desire to like, and this is fostered in us from the world and everyone to like want to blame somebody else for the circumstances right. we created, right. right? That's something that I think is like very progressive. Um, that's kind of infiltrated a lot of our minds. Um, and I, and I just want to like reiterate this too, that, or state this because I don't think I've said it yet, but I feel like we sound a lot like this of like, I'm so good at this and you're not. But, but the fact is that I just started, I read the book five years before you, yeah, right? Like that's sure. all that it is, yeah. is that I read the book, five, maybe even more than that. Honestly, I read it when I was like 23 yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm awful at all of this. Right. Yeah. But I had had like five years of experience doing it before we met and you hadn't really discovered much of that. Yeah. Right. And so it's not something, so yeah, different relationships are going to have people that are, are stronger or weaker at it. You know what I mean? But, um, I, I was, all of my lessons learned are, are, you know, trial and error for sure. Right. Um, and, and then you came into my life and there were a lot of, you saw a lot of similar experiences or examples or yeah. people in my life that were similar to things, people in your life that you had had to set boundaries exactly. with and you really like guided me in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the consequences are so big too. Um, not just in teaching other people, but also like, and I see this, I kind of think of like a narcissist. I've had different experience with narcissistic people in my life and they're wanting to control, they're wanting to manipulate and they're going to really hate boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. They don't like any type of restrictions on them, but also the people I think of in my life that are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, like maybe too like self de- degrading, uh, you know, also mm-hmm. are, are very, because they are so used to theirs being crossed, they can mm-hmm. often think that like, if there's no consequence, they almost will only re- react to and appreciate boundaries that are that are set with a lot of force, mm. right? Because that's how they've been treated. They've been walked all over and have people just cross their boundaries like crazy. And they're only used to either like living in, in areas and worlds that they're arbitrary and unknown boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Like the minefield we talked about earlier or uh, just places where there's none that exists at all, right? Right, And so teaching people the healthy way to be like, no, like I need you to do this um, and we need to do this. And this gets more and more extreme, right? To, to where I've had boundaries with people, family members and friends where it's like, if you continue to do this, like we're not going to have the relationship that we have. Like we're right. just going to grow more and more apart because I can't continue to be around this, mm-hmm. right? And so that's really important to be willing to set that. But you have to, again, the worst thing, especially with somebody who's narcissistic, somebody who's got real anger issues and um, is really manipulative and controlling, if you set boundaries and then you don't enforce them, not, expect no change. Right. You're wasting your time, really. You right. might as well not even do it because you're working yourself up to have a hard conversation. And then you have the hard conversation. It's kind of successful. They say they understand. They say they agree to whatever terms you've you've kind of negotiated, right? You don't have to be 
prideful in the way you do it either, right? Like you can come to the table with somebody, even somebody who's kind of a jackass and you can be like, Hey, um, what do you want out of this relationship with me? This could be a father, son, this could be uh friends, this could be brothers, this could be uh coworker, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. What do you want out of this relationship? You seek to understand before you seek to be understood, right? And then I say, okay, great. This is kind of what I'm thinking. This is where I might see things a little bit differently. This is how I see that kind of like playing out over time. I think that we could have this type of relationship. You can paint kind of a hopeful picture, right? Of what you'd like to see, ideally. Um, and then you say, but if if you continue to be this way, we're not going to have that. And this is what it's going to look like if you continue to act this way. Yeah. If you continue to be this disrespectful to me, if you continue to disrespect, um, you know, my son or my daughter, if you continue to disrespect my spouse, if you continue to disrespect my parent, right? There's so many different circumstances where it could be either you or somebody that you care about. Um, it could be like, Hey, you know, we're not gonna have the relationship that we currently have. Right. I'll see you maybe at holidays. I'll see you here or there, whatever. Um, but that like setting that. And then when the next time it happens, it's extremely important the more extreme it is, the the less tolerance you can have for it. Right. right? Kind of going back to our expectation management. It's still expected to be broken, but you should have a game plan of how am I going to handle that? Yeah. You know, and we've had conversations about that before as well, of like how are we going to handle different people in our lives when yeah. they do something that we kind of anticipate is going to happen. Right? right. And I think this is the beauty of being male and female too. And something I'm always grateful for, because you have like more of that or maybe working on it or having more experiences has made you bolder in that. Um, and just natural temperaments. I and think. natural temperaments. Yeah. yeah. But um, you have helped me in those in my own, like whether family, work relationships, friendships, different things like that. You've helped me to feel like more bold if you know, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and then yeah, just trying to both help each other kind of find that balance or what does this relationship, what should it look like and what yeah. should, what is needed? What are things that we want to keep in mind and different things like that? And two things, two things that I think are really helpful for that. One we've already talked about and kind of hit on enough, I think is understanding who you're stealing the time from, mm -hmm. right? Like who, who else is this going to take away from, right? Mm -hmm. If I continue to let my boss take advantage of me and make me work these extra hours, like my relationship with my husband is going to suffer, right? Or whatever it is. But the second one, I think that is also really, really important is just striving to to really be intentional about thinking about what's the worst that could happen, mm -hmm. right? Especially for people pleasers. I think yeah. like getting as emotionally sober as you can, objectively talking it out with somebody else or writing it down and being like, what is truly my worst case scenario? Yeah. Because again, all of this comes back to, to different trade-offs, right? You can have, it, it's kind of like the, you can do anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. You can't do everything you want, right? Mm -hmm. So you can choose which relationships you're going to pour into, but you can't pour into all of them the same, mm -hmm. right? Unless you're, I mean, just going to have really shallow relationships, right? Yeah. Um, but just thinking about what is the true worst case scenario and what happens if I don't enforce this consequence, Right. Um, so if I do enforce a consequence and I have, uh, let's say, for example, from personal experience, a lesser relationship with my dad. Okay. So I'm going to see my dad a little bit less. The, the desire and the relationship with my dad that I want to have has proven to be impossible. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like I know that it's not going to happen. I know I'm not going to have a dad that I can go to. That's going to give me Catholic wisdom on, you know, being a husband and father, right. That, that is just, that is non-existent. I'm not going to have somebody that I can spend long periods of time with. We're not going to vacation together. He's not going to be thinking of ideas of things we can do. Right. Like I could go on and on about this and, um, anybody who's had either an absent father or a father that was, you know, a difficult father figure for them can relate to that. Right. That I'm not going to have the dad that I, I wanted. Okay, so if I don't have, if I have a distant relationship with, with who he really is, who he's proven to be over 30 years of my life, then then at least I still get to have some relationship with him, which is ultimately what I want, but I still can limit the negative impacts of it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to have it, I can cut it off before it gets to the point where we're fighting with each other, or before it gets to the point where he's negatively influencing me as a husband and father, mm-hmm. right? That's where I know I need to cut it off. Well, let's say I don't do that. What's the opposite side of that? Oh, well, maybe I follow in his footsteps. Maybe I'm so negatively influenced by his example and his words and his whatever as a husband and father that I follow in his footsteps and I end up, you know, committing adultery or, you know, go the whole extreme, fathering kids by different women, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. That to me is a worse scenario than me having the enforced boundaries and having a limited relationship Yeah. by a million. Right. Right. Like it's not even close. And so that's what I think it really comes down to is objectively and analyzing it and not saying, oh, but I, I wish this boyfriend or girlfriend is could be the person that I know they can be right for you hopeful romantics out there <laughs> and say, well, he, you know, he's got so much potential. It's like, but he, it's been a year and he hasn't, he hasn't been it. He's yeah. been two twenty 20% of the person you believe him to be, or that you believe he could be. Maybe it's time to end the relationship because the worst case scenario is not you being alone for a little while while you look for somebody else to date and potentially marry. The worst case scenario is you marry an ass clown that doesn't change or grow or mature, that is a grown child, is a terrible father to your kids, and you're a miserable wife for the next 20 years until you get divorced or 50 years until you're dead, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a worst case scenario. And it's it's always when you break it down that way, very objectively clear, wouldn't you say? Right. Th- to see which one is of the paths that I have, you know, yeah. do I want to walk on eggshells around my spouse, my parent, my my friend, right? Or do I want to set these boundaries and have a, a tighter relationship? And what's great about setting the boundaries and actually enforcing the consequences is you'll have some people who will respond to that and say, no, but I want more. I want, I want to have the relationship with you that I desire so bad that I'm actually willing to change. I'm mm-hmm. actually willing to respect your boundaries more and more over time. Yeah. I'm not going to be perfect at it, but they're willing to say, you know, I will, when next time I'm upset with you, or I'm angry with you, treat you respectfully and express that in a healthy way. I ask that you have grace with me and continue to help me along that path of figuring out what that looks like because nobody's ever shown me and I've never known. And that's where we as Christians especially can be moved with compassion and love, right? right. And patience. But you, but it's not compassionate, loving, and patient for somebody who does not have that disposition. Right. That is like, no, I'm just going to continue to treat you how I want to treat you. And you're like, all right, great. Um, I'm going to pull back. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Those are your options. So you have kind of three options there. Right. But you have to focus on, and the way I try to approach it is I got to control what I can control. Yeah. I don't, I can't control whether you or anybody else in my life is willing to respond in hopefully the way that I think is the best which is where we can both change and be respectful and honor each other's wishes, mm-hmm. right? And find that good negotiation, right? And yeah. kind of have this kind of capitalistic trade of a win-win scenario. Yeah. 
Um, if the person cho- chooses not to do that, you can't force that. Right. And there's no point in living without it and living in a one-sided relationship to me. Like I, I just, I see no value in it. Yeah. No, I think that's really great. I think we've seen, uh, maybe examples of all different relationships like that. For sure. You know? Um, I can, as you were talking, I can think of people on all the different sides. Um, yeah. And it's only going to get, it only gets better as you grow up and start to establish these boundaries or, um, you know, people, or maybe even especially parents like start to see, oh, you're your own person. You have your own family, you have your own, you know, all these different things. And I think we've been pleasantly surprised on how that's gone in, in both, mm-hmm. on both sides and uh, with different people, you know, and, um, yeah, really establishing those from the beginning is, is really crucial. I think, yeah. Establishing those boundaries from the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially like I talked about with the new ones that kind of evolve or, or kind of get created over time, right? Like we're about to have kids, so we don't know what that's going to create, right? New, For a yeah, whole new level of boundaries to... is as soon as you feel like they're crossed, ones that you didn't, that were non-existent, it's expressing those early, yep. right? And expressing mm-hmm. that before you're outraged about it. Don't let things pe- get pent up and, and build up. Yeah, and But just express that. Get nasty on you. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, hell, it's been just a pleasure. <laughs> to sit here and talk with you for this long. Yeah. (laughs) What I love about podcasting is the most that I get to talk in our conversations, you know, because usually (laughs) has so much to say. Get out of here. No, I'm totally kidding. That's so not true. (laughs) It's so 50, 50. Um, And yeah, that's funny. But Uh, Emily, great to have you. Hope to have you again someday. I'd be happy to be back anytime. In the next six months. Um, <laughs> it's always funny to me. I always tell people, I'm like, my wife's the hardest person to get to do an episode with me. And we spend so much time together. But it is, it's one of the things that it's like hard to create the time for, right? Yeah. It's hard to sit down and really do it. It is. Awesome. So we highly recommend the book, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. Townsend. What's his first name? John. John Townsend. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote this great book, Boundaries. There's also Boundaries in Marriage, which we have not read yet. I think there's Boundaries in Marriage, there's Boundaries in kids. kids, there's Boundaries in Work. Like, the, he did a lot of spinoffs. Yeah, yeah. naturally. Um, and, yeah, so... We did buy Boundaries in Marriage. We, we do have it, it. On the shelf, yeah. For sure. Um, which is helpful if you don't read it. Um, <laughs> it's sitting there, though. We look at it sometimes. <laughs> but we'll read it eventually. But that's a, that's a great, these are great books. Boundaries is great. Crucial Conversations is another one I highly recommend. If you guys haven't read that yet, you really should check it out. Um, but we, you know, of our prayers for you, I know this is really difficult uh, for so many people. And I definitely appreciate how challenging it can be. If you, if you have parent or spouse or friendships that you've never had a conversation like this with, it is so daunting to bring it up and mm-hmm. so challenging. Um, and, and you don't and, think those people have ever had the conversation with anybody about it too. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, again, I want to remind you that, cause I don't think we hit on this enough is it's, it's something to have when you're emotionally sober, mm, right? Amen. Like as soon as something happens, a big blow up, I like to separate myself. If I have a big argument, like if we get to yelling and fighting, um, you and I don't, but I, and it hasn't happened to me many times, honestly, in the last, uh, couple years, but if you do, I think it's best to separate yourself. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I've shared this before, maybe on Monday, the St. Jose Maria Scriva quote that says, I made a pact with my tongue to never speak when my heart is troubled. Mm. And that can save you from a lot of trouble, save you from a lot of hurt you can inflict on other people, is sober up, take some time, go for a walk, whatever it is for you, and then come back and have the discussion later that day, tomorrow, a few days from now, oh, two weeks from now, right? However long it takes. Um, but that's, a, that's the time to have it. Crucial conversations are best had when feelings and emotions have de-escalated. 
mm-hmm. not in the heat of the moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's not good for anybody. Um, but I hope that you continue to grow in it. I hope you continue to understand how important it is to be intentional about this, to evaluate your own relationships and see which ones are healthy and unhealthy. If you haven't listened to Monday's episode, I highly encourage going back because uh, it's, it's another deep dive into some of these same topics. We did an episode last year as well on crucial conversations specifically, um, which has a lot of practical tips on how you can have those actual conversations, um, which are kind of a little bit more practical on setting the boundaries conversations and creating the space for that. Um, so I'd encourage you to go check that one out as well. I don't remember what number it is, but just just look it up. <laughs> and uh, lastly, I want to encourage you again, come join us on Locals, man. We're going to have great conversations about boundaries, about boundaries with uh, adult children of divorce and all kinds of different circumstances. So if you want to go deeper and talk about those things, come join us at seekingexcellence.locals.com. And uh, you can follow us both on Instagram if you want to see our relationship content that we put out. Uh, and Emily's fun pictures and videos she takes of me in various <laughs> moments of my life. We want to do more with that. We've been talking about it for this new year. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. We follow so many fun couples that aren't really necessarily Catholic or religious or different things, you know, and they yeah. have great content. So we, we've been I scheming and dreaming a little bit. Hey, and we'll, what you guys can do for us in that is pray for Emily's courage <laughs> to uh, reveal her true self. <laughs> on the internet she's so different in, in podcasting one of the funny thing is is i always loved when we ask people <laughs> who do you think is more extroverted me or emily and people will say me because i'm uh even when we podcast <laughs> together you know what i mean just like the energy and uh social media stuff like i'm not goofy like doing stuff one and I'm um, actually really high energy. Oh my gosh, she's nuts. I would say <laughs> Emily's loud until she needs to be loud, then she's quiet. So it's it's pretty incredible <laughs> how loud she could be just in the home or whatever. But if we're like talking to my grandparents or somebody who can't hear, she's like, Yes, how are you doing today? <laughs> it's so good to see you. They're like, What? <laughs> how are you? I said, How are you doing? <laughs> That's what she gets to whispered. So you very um We want to show more volume. of my goofy side. Yeah. So if we're gonna if we're gonna be a funny Catholic couple on on the internet, then it, it might take two of us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it might take two. I can only carry this team so far. <laughs> <laughs> that is objectively true. Join us on locals, follow us on Instagram, uh, and other places. And uh, we'll see you there. But know of our prayers for you. Please continue to pray for us. Pray for healthy delivery for uh, baby boy here in late April. We're praying for due date delivery on April 28th. Uh, I say we, meaning me. And um, we've gotten very attached to St. John Amola. And feast day. That's her feast day. So let's go. But yeah, continue to fight hard. <laughs> be your best. And God bless you.